Okay, turn the page if you would, and let's move on to simple polysyllabic words, which we're setting at third grade. I have to teach you about open syllables, closed syllables, and then run you through some examples so that you can really understand what we mean by fluency in third grade, because it contains all of the elements that I've been teaching you within Area B decoding. Well, let's take a look, if we could, at a pair of words. Let me uh, sort of get this inflated in the screen a little bit so that you can see this a little better. And I want us to look at these two words, Mama and Batman. Now, both of them are two-syllable words, but they contain different types of syllables. Put your hand underneath your chin. I know it's silly, but go ahead and do it, and say, Ma, Ma. Go ahead and do that. Now, your jaw dropped down twice on those syllables. This is syllable one and this is syllable number two. Now the question is why does your jaw drop? It drops because of the vowel sound that you make right here in ma and it drops because of the vowel sound that you make right here. So in each of these syllables their constituents are these rhymes. Both of the rhymes are open. Both of the syllables are open. So ma is open and ma is open. Now let's say them again this time and pay attention to your jaw. Let's exaggerate it. Ma, ma. Your mouth stays open when forming both of those syllables because there's no consonant to make your mouth closed. So let's contrast that with this compound word bat man. So we have syllable one and syllable two. Hand under chin now and let's go bat man. Do it again. Bat man. I know it's silly, but nonetheless, notice that your jaw opens to make a vowel, and that's what vowels do. They open our mouths, but then your jaw travels back up again to close, because this is what we call a closed syllable. Now look at man. Man. Your jaw opens and then closes again in order to make that that, uh, that syllable. So this syllable is closed. It's closed again because of the consonant that you have in the end of that syllable. And notice that both of these are rhymes. Ad is a rhyme and man is a rhyme. I mean word families. So sometimes rhymes are word families. Sometimes they're just vowels. But they always must contain a vowel because vowels open our mouths. When your mouth opens you're making a syllable. Okay, well, if you're not clear on what the significance of that is, let's think about these two words together. Let's think about repeat and extreme. If you put your hand underneath your chin and say repeat, you know that we're going to divide between re and peat. This is syllable one and this is syllable two. Now, the first syllable is all vowel, re, and your mouth is open when you form it. In the case of peat, eat right here, that rhyme closes your mouth because of the consonant. Pete. So the consonant has to obstruct the airway, so that thing is in fact closed. Now concentrate on repeat for a second and think about the model I've been teaching you. If the child doesn't know letter sound associations, that word is never going to make any sense. So that's why they need the foundations. They need the foundations for letter identification and sound letter correspondence in uh, first grade. They also have to know, have some knowledge of onsets and rhymes, particularly in the case of Pete. They have to know some phonics rules. That is an EA digraph pattern right there, and the first vowel is talking. And as you can see right here, they have to know how to get through open syllables and closed syllables. 
So all of this is important if we're going to have a fluent child. And it gets a little more complicated with some of the words like the word extreme. Now, don't be fooled. Notice that there is no onset in this word. The onset position is, is absent. The onset position and repeat that's occupied by the R, and this is our rhyme. The P is our onset, and this is our rhyme. And so that two-syllable word is made up of an onset rhyme, onset rhyme. In extreme, there's no onset because there's no consonant in front of X. So let's say X-treme. Go ahead. X-treme. Good. So we got syllable one, and our jaw drops and then closes on that syllable. So the first syllable is closed. Now is the next syllable open or closed? Well, treem, treem. It's actually closed because it is ending on that M. Remember, the E is silent. It's busy making this vowel say its name. So it's ending on a consonant, or your mouth is closing to make that syllable, so it is closed. Notice that in the second syllable, the onset is occupied by a blend, which also illustrates why these um, the child has to know all the preceding information of letter sound correspondence, onsets and rhymes, and so forth. Okay, finally, let's take a look at LF font if we could. Well, once again, there's nothing in onset position. All rhyme right here. L, L, your tongue is closing the air passage, and it's ending in a consonant, so it's closed. Eh. Mouth stays open font. Well, here the rhyme, LF font, is completely closed. And it's closed because there's not just one but two consonants. Remember, pH would be a digraph in the onset position of this one, two, three syllable word. Okay, well, all of this then indicates fluency and really the importance of fluency in third grade. Now, let me scroll this uh, up just a bit and tell you that there are three aspects to fluency. The three aspects to fluency include speed, intonation, and a third thing that I'll write in here, accuracy. Speed means that the child has to be able to decode quickly to have short-term memory available to comprehend what they read. Well, all that indicates is this. This model is a short-term memory model, and what that means is that they believe, or the standards believe, or these reading programs believe that children have short-term memories that will be taxed if they make mistakes and correct mistakes. They won't have attention to comprehend. Think of it like a bank account, and the short-term memory bank account is, is $5. You either spend those $5 struggling over the print, or you spend those $5 paying attention, so to speak. Intonation means the child has to read expressively to comprehend things like dialogue. It's a little off the screen, but <clears throat> try to reduce that just a bit. To comprehend dialogue, like let's say one of the characters in a play is saying, well, that's a great idea, and the child reads, well, that's a great idea. They're not going to comprehend the nuances. And questions and exclamation uh, points won't make any sense uh, either. Accuracy means that they faithfully read one-to-one -one what's on the page. For example, if the text says, the big cat, they don't do the following. They don't say, for example, the great, big, huge, very big cat. That's not accurate reading. Similarly, they don't delete things by saying the cat when the text actually says the big cat. So all of these are aspects of fluent decoding. And what we need to learn next 
is really how to develop a fluent reader in first through third grade and something that you should be asking yourself right now is this question where are sight words in this model where are they and how come they're not part of decoding and fluency well they are part of fluency that's true but they're taught in a separate area of this model they're actually taught in vocabulary so when we come back we're going to take a look at sight words and other vocabulary activities for upper elementary kids and uh, I'll meet you back here in a second okay thanks <laughs>